0: Welcome to another edition of Zeroda Educate Webinars. The markets have been incredibly volatile in the last couple of months. Nifty 50 for the year is just positive, up by about 3%, while the NSE mid-cap index is down by 17.5%, and the NSE small-cap index is down by 32.28%. Given that these are unnerving times for investors, we have a timely topic today we have with us raghav ayangar and he'll be talking about the right investment strategy in volatile markets raghav is the ceo of india bulls asset management he has more than 20 years in the mutual fund industry he has been involved in a wide range of roles including improving retail penetration to implementing the strategy for new products and markets for various asset managers in india before joining india bulls raghav was Executive Vice President and Head of Institutional and Retail Business with ICICI Prudential Asset Management Company Limited, India's largest asset management company. He was responsible for the overall institutional and retail business including marketing, products and communication function. Steering the company towards a path of exponential growth, assets under management grew almost 10 times during his 12-year stint. He was particularly instrumental in the growth of institutional asset book for the company as the assets under management nearly doubled in three years in a tough operating environment. Before this, he worked with other asset management companies like Tata Asset Management and JP Morgan Asset Management. Raghav is an Associate Chartered Accountant with the graduation in Cost and Management Accountancy. Over to you, Raghav. Uh,
1: Good evening, friends. Uh... Thank you very much, uh, Zeroda, for giving me this opportunity to speak to you. As we uh, mentioned just now, five minutes back, I think the markets have gone into a very, very interesting phase. right? I don't think uh, anybody at this time last year would have predicted small caps going down more than 20%. We've had a very, very interesting year. And sometimes uh, what we tend to do in financial markets is really focus on the immediate rather than the you know maybe three, five year, 10 year kind of a story. Uh, What is volatility? I mean, if you ask me, uh, volatility is a very scary word, right? But uh, volatility, to my mind, is nothing but abrupt and regular change. It can be volatility in anything. It can be volatility in Uber fares, for example. right? And that is something that we both and all of us, especially uh, people who are in Bangalore and Bombay and some of our other metros are very used to. The same fare, which uh, cost me maybe about 300 bucks from my office to home at points of time, suddenly goes up to 600 bucks. That makes us feel very sad. Game fair suddenly drops to 150 bucks. That makes us feel very good. So this is, volatility is just abrupt change right now. And uh, why is that change happening? I think because uh, what's happened to our equity markets in the last, say, 20, 25 years is that, I think, thanks to a progressive regulator, you have managed to deepen equity markets in India to an unimaginable level over the last, especially over the last five to six years. Uh, today, large portions of our market are held by foreign institutional investors. We have this cliche saying FII, but many people don't know that FIs especially have their own side buckets. Uh, a hedge fund, for example, may be taking a contra bet on India based on currency. And you know, you and I will be thinking that here's an FI coming and selling uh, or rather buying at 71. Maybe his, his primary reason to invest into India equity markets could be the currency movement. Another a long portfolio investor might be taking money off the table because he would be suddenly seeing valuations maybe exceed the long- term benchmark of maybe twenty five times forward. A third investor could actually be coming in in tranches because there are like a variety of FII investors into the system. so you like you have retail mutual funds here, you have retail mutual funds abroad. A fourth could be an ETF who could possibly which is a great vehicle, uh, a very cost effective vehicle to sort of get in trade in trade out. What the Indian markets have done to all of us in the last, say, especially over the last 10 years, is that they have provided ample opportunity for people to get in and get out quite seamlessly. I think uh, if somebody had told me that FI selling of $3 billion will cause only a maybe 20, 10 to 12% correction in markets, uh, maybe three years back, I would have said that he has had something quite strong to drink early in the morning instead of his cup of tea or cup of coffee. But that's what's happened. And uh, that is full credit to people like you who are watching me today. I think the Indian equity investor took a very contra bet in October. We saw flows in mutual funds almost double uh, in the month of October, which is a very, very, very sensible thing to do, which is when FIs were largely pulling out uh, for whatever reasons that they had, you know, US-China trade war, Brexit, oil going up, et cetera, et cetera. There are too many, there are too many negative things, and I think all of that gets covered quite frequently in various business newspapers in the morning. And of course, if you put on the TV, you will keep getting a churn of news throughout the day. But I think Indian investors did a very, very smart thing. They actually put in more money in that period of time and uh, in, in in some way sort of cushioned out the market. So as you know, broadly, uh, you know, the macro is uh, obviously very cloudy. Uh, I think if somebody had told me last month, exactly a couple of months back, oil was at about 80 and uh, in fact almost 85 and people were predicting that by end of this year it'll definitely touch 100 and uh, today we are in a situation where oil is you know finding it difficult to even cross 60. so that's the kind of you know abrupt moments which are happening the abrupt changes that i said are happening but uh, i must say that in my 20-year career in 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 financial services especially mutual funds i have found that indian investors and largely indian consumers are very, very adaptable to change. And uh, unlike many of our counterparts in more advanced countries, we are very happy to you know, keep changing our phones, keep changing our methods of transportation, keep having new and new food. And more importantly, we keep doing good things with our investments too. So the last 20 years, I mean, I'm obviously, I'm going back in time because that's the only thing I have to show you that what have we done? I think we have moved from a system of very traditional investments where large parts of our savings would go into maybe insurance plans, maybe into real estate, uh, maybe into traditional avenues like FDs, to now slightly more current uh, avenues. And uh, Zeroda exemplifies that for me in the sense that if, you know, this is a company that five years back didn't really exist. And today uh, you are taking on, and I think thanks to the Uh, Thanks to the beautiful execution that is available on the platform, I think it is now a significant competitor and possibly amongst the top three in the online world. And that has changed. That is abrupt change. Five years back, somebody thought of this model and somebody executed it. And more importantly, as customers and as consumers, we all embraced it. And in fact, it's growing. So the same thing is happening in some way to our equity markets too. That I think with new and new investors coming in, uh, obviously, there will be changes. Uh, there will be massive movements in the index. Large part of it is macro driven. Uh, FIIs even today because of the fact that they've held Indian equities for such a long period of time. like in my own company, my parent company, which is India Bulls Housing Finance, which is a nifty 50 stock, almost 55 percent of the uh, shareholding is actually held by FII, foreign portfolio investors, right? And that's the case with most leading companies today, like, uh, you know, if you take a HDFC bank, almost 72% of their holding is held by FI. So in some way, FIs are yet a very significant force to deal with uh, as far as Indian equity markets are concerned. What what concerns them when, when when you're an FI investor sitting abroad? Obviously, very, very steep fluctuations in currency is something that worries them a steep movement in interest rates, especially domestic interest rates, worry them because immediately that tends to affect bottom lines. And lastly, I think uh, what tends to worry them is maybe some movement in terms of flows. And uh, you know, if, if especially if you see, uh, let's say, domestic flows slowing down, then that tends to sort of worry them that will they be able to execute a transaction seamlessly. Uh, I think the, the key thing for us to understand is that, uh, we have a great set of micros, largely Indian equity markets are driven, You know, mostly equity markets across the world are largely driven by three pillars. And uh, there is obviously the fundamental, uh, which is the most critical. And uh, when we speak to companies that we have invested in, which are largely large cap companies today, uh, they are obviously uh, quite comfortable. And I won't say that they are ecstatic about their results, but I think they are showing a degree of quiet confidence Uh, there are very few promoters today who are chest thumping guys Uh, most of them are quietly confident i think obviously this last two months of volatility abrupt change especially in interest rates has affected them currency obviously affects them because it tends to put pressure on their input costs etc etc but if you ask me i think indian corporates and especially indian promoters are very very capable of managing a highly complex and change-oriented environment which is what has happened in the last say two to three years and that is now starting to come in in terms of the bottom line if you look at many companies today and don't don't look at the october numbers or don't look at the september numbers as i said uh, unfortunately most of us tend to focus on the immediate and don't look at year on year or or maybe multi-year kind of performance if you go back not too long ago let's go back to maybe 2015 and look at the sensex or the index constituents uh, growth and if you look at it today i think growth has almost doubled uh, so i think that is a big tick box for us the second thing that obviously affects us a lot is sentiment now sentiment is something that you and i cannot control right i think it's largely driven by news flow uh, the month of december has some very very interesting data points i think 7th of december is the elections 11th of December will be the results, Uh, 12th of December will be the Brexit vote in the UK House of of Commons, which right now is in anybody's guess whether it will go through or not go through. And then finally, of course, we have 19th, the FOMC meet where people are going to look at what the Fed is talking, whether they will raise interest rates, whether they will hold. And more importantly what is the language around that communication right and uh, all of these have the potential to affect sentiment very positively or very negatively in the short term so sentiment is something that frankly you and i cannot control uh, sentiment does tend to be does abruptly change again i'm not using the word volatility i'm going to keep using the word abrupt changes because i think volatility is a scary word but all of us are used to abrupt changes like i said but if you look at uh, for the next six months, you will see a lot of data like this coming up, right? Uh, typically, election, pre-election years have been much more volatile as compared to the year before that. Uh, let's also not forget that 2017 was a bumper year as far as stock market returns were concerned. Most uh, market caps, whether it was small cap or mid cap or even large cap, gave very, very high double digit returns in that year. So I think people are coming off from that recent C-effect and for uh, the next six months, you will find uh the news flow and especially events around us uh, could really affect sentiment and that could actually create some amount of changes in index uh, the last thing of course is liquidity and uh, that i touched upon in my conversation earlier that i think liquidity thanks to the way uh Indian mutual funds have been getting money, especially our SIP book has been dra- has been growing at a very steady pace. I think today the today the industry puts in about seven thousand crores of uh, net SIPs every month, growing at the rate of about two to three percent every month. So that's a very healthy sign. If you add EPFO and you add uh, the new pension scheme equity allocations, and you add insurance money, which is now slowly starting to get a little positive. You will start seeing that the domestic liquidity condition is quite quite comfortable are we prepared for maybe a five billion dollar sell-off from here onwards i think the answer is yes are we prepared for a 20 billion dollar sell-off i think the answer is no so i think are we prepared for a sell-off yes we are much much better prepared than what we were in say 2008 maybe 2013 and more recently 2016. so in the In the scenario of emerging markets, India looks to be a very expensive place to invest in RP is over 25. But one thing that people tend to forget is that I think we are today uh, the fastest growing economy in the world right A fastest growing large economy in the world. There are very few two trillion dollar economies growing at seven, seven and a half percent or you know the, the, the debate is out whether we are at eight or we are at seven, but nobody's saying that we're growing at five right and that's a that's a very big positive. Now, largely, equity returns tend to reflect that in some form and uh, the equity markets being the, the imperfect animals that they are, will at some stage start putting uh, a number down. No, 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 no. And You will find that uh, many times uh, the markets run ahead of themselves and many times the market gets pessimistic and that's largely, as I said, a sentiment issue. So, all in all, I, I am of the opinion that I think sentiment is going to be a big driver of uh, daily market movements. Fundamentals are I think someone is speaking in the background. Uh, fundamentals are very, very comfortable and uh, improving. I won't say very comfortable. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. I'm saying fundamentals are definitely improving and getting better. Uh, the macro is looking much better today because obviously oil at 60 is much better than oil at 90 and uh, the immediate prognosis of oil is not that it will go to 100 but oil being the, the kind of you know highly volatile commodity that it is i think it's very difficult to prove to try to put a number to where oil prices will be three six months down the road so this is the background of what i wanted to say i think what should one do in this environment i think that's that was the context of my conversation uh, i think largely uh Today, I mean, from a from a mutual fund space, I think people uh, who are a little worried about returns, who are a little worried about uh, capital protection to some extent, uh, who, who can take a bit of volatility, but are unnerved with large movements should largely stick to my sense is equity hybrid funds. Uh, they are a great mixture between debt and equity. Uh, I think the beauty of the whole ILFS fiasco is that the debt deals have really gone up. Today, it's not very difficult for us to get uh, you know over 9% in by investing in really top quality paper. If I had to get the same return one year back, I would have to really go down the credit curve. So obviously, higher levels of safety with much higher returns. Uh, the 65% or 65 to 80% in equity largely rotates if uh, we'll be in a large cap kind of a space. And that's what we're trying to do, that we're using a CAD model to try and figure out where should the duration of our dead paper be whether it should be low duration or medium duration obviously as cat goes down we'll increase the duration and vice versa the same logic applies in the equity space too that uh, as cat keeps going up we will try and be more defensive stocks which are fmcg pharma it and obviously as cat comes down current account deficit is a is a great indicator to sort of give us a torch in the macro, we'll figure out as CAD comes down, we'll get into most interest rate sensitive stocks like automobiles, banking, steel, commodities, energy, etc. Now, I think these funds are uh, ideal for people who are a little stressed about markets, who want to have some level of, uh, who, who want to see a bit of it, who are okay to take a debt return over the next couple of years and then obviously let the, the equity element kick in after maybe three four years. Uh, interestingly, if you were to look at last 20 year track record of equity hybrid funds and pure equity funds there's really not much of a difference in terms of the return and If you look at some of our significant uh, large competitors who have a 20 year track record it's, it's it was quite an interesting analysis so here is a category where you're getting a slightly lower return but at obviously much lower levels of risk there are many people who are very strong uh, bullish uh, and who are very very pro Equities and I suspect a lot of them are listening to me at this point of time I think for you my advice would be to possibly stick to a large cap well-known name zero I mean low debt levels uh, high cash levels a good moat, Possibly some uh, 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 Some some diversity in terms of brands and more importantly try and figure out uh, whether you can have STP strategy into these funds. So what I tell my other uh, advisors and my partners and my customers is that maybe a systematic transfer plan, an STP from maybe a liquid or a short liquid fund or an ultra liquid fund, in a weekly STP over the next, say, nine months, which will take us past the election and past a lot of the other things that are being talked about, Brexit, U.S. interest rates, uh, Italy, uh, US, China, trade war, all that at some point of time over the next eight, nine months, we'll see some form of resolution and a little more clarity will emerge. And at the same time, as I said, fundamentals of Indian companies are getting better. So hopefully you will catch uh, the market at an average. What it also does is that, let's say, uh, for some reason, if something tends to go wrong internationally and there is a stampede out of emerging markets, of which obviously India is a very big part, uh, we have the ability to switch uh, the remaining part or the remaining part of our STPs into almost in, immediately into investments. My my experience with investor psychology is that investors don't generally take out money when market is at peak and uh, don't re- put in fresh money when market is heading lower. It's not an Indian thing. It's it's a global problem. Uh, we are very much uh, in terms of the indian retail investor is uh, largely like everybody else is a bit of a herd mentality so at say 11800 we would expect markets to go to 13000 at 10200 we would expect markets to go to 9500 so at 11800 ideally when you should be making some profit we would possibly be sitting uh, maybe over leveraged uh, over and under hedged and the same thing and the vice versa at, at a lower level so an STP strategy allows you to in some way take the emotion out of the investment and allows you to keep putting your uh, your principle in that. Uh, broadly, I think uh, for, for uh, busy people uh, who do not have the time to do this, I think an equity hybrid fund makes sense because the fund manager then will in some way use his own internal techniques to try and move the equity allocation between 65 and 80% and obviously uh, keep adjusting the debt levels to take care of market volatility. Uh, I think the the uh, the next six months will be an interesting time. I think it's going to be uh, a tough time for the fund managers because uh, I think some level of sector rotation will have to happen. If oil continues to keep uh, trending at this level, I think suddenly the Indian macro story will look far more attractive. As I mentioned in the early part of this conversation that when macros get better, a lot of FI interest tends to build in. I think the macros get better, the foreign, the uh, the US dollar gets better. And that in turn puts uh, a huge amount of uh, advantage to us. It's all said and done, we are a $2 trillion economy, largely insulated from the entire world markets in terms of trade. It does affect us, but doesn't affect us too much because large parts of our exports are service oriented, which are really in some way immune to daily fluctuations and trade wars, which is happening around the world today. So I think uh, you will, it's an interesting phase. So I think at some stage, we will have to get up and recognize that many of our companies are doing well. And if the macro improves, I think some amount of sector rotation will be required. But that I think is something that we would like to watch uh, at least at India Bulls Asset Management. We are watching that, uh, that number very closely. We are watching the CAD number very closely. You we know, are obviously watching the uh, the brent very closely we are watching inflows very closely and then obviously then we will at some stage uh, in the near future decide to maybe rotate out of some of our sectors today uh, we we are following a bit of a concentrated large cap strategy across our funds uh, even our uh, tax fund which has a technically a multi cap portfolio is largely tilted towards large caps at this point of time i think uh, what we're really looking to do is uh, protect returns rather than try and do something to enhance it but yes if this macro continues and we get a little more clarity on the indian domestic political situation and interest rates start coming off especially in the short term because right now the interest rate curve is absolutely flat and in fact it's inverted especially in the corporate bond space and that's not a very good sign for corporate profitability but at some stage if that starts Getting back to normal, uh, I think that will be a that will be a good time to possibly look at some level of sector rotation. So all in all, I think uh, from us, my recommendation is very simple: Uh he, in equity hybrid funds. If you really don't have the time and energy to manage uh, day-to-day asset allocations across your portfolios, if you are, are having the time and the inclination, and obviously the wherewithal, thanks to uh, platforms like ZeroDab helping you with. I think obviously uh, move more into large cap i think have a constant investment philosophy on a monthly basis either through a systematic transfer plan into large cap mutual funds or possibly something maybe into direct stocks uh, a set of very high quality stocks which will give you good roes over the next three to five years Uh, given what i am in the asset management business i really can't talk all the stocks that we own and stuff like that. So I can't take stock related questions, but yeah, sectorally at this point of time, we are a little more defensive. Uh, Our banking uh, BFSI exposure is almost about 10% below the index weight. We think that the next two months in that sector has its own set of challenges, but obviously it's far, far superior situation right now than what it was a year, year and a half back. And uh, I think a lot of things that the government and the RBI have done absolutely uh, getting things back into shape, uh, the NCLT thing seems to be working, three, four last resolutions have happened. Uh, for a change, many different borrowers are now looking to come back and settle, which was not the case maybe three years back. Uh, GST has started positively impacting companies. Uh, last year at this time, if I did a call, I think, and I speak to many of our companies, I think a lot of time was getting spent on stabilizing the entire GST system. I think today that part of life is much much smoother. I'm sure there's lots more to be done. So broadly, all in all, I think we are in a we are we are in a good space. Um, I think uh, the key thing is don't get don't get carried away by volatility. Volatility is nothing but abrupt change. Uh, going back to my Uber example, if you're going to use Uber every day, it really doesn't bother you whether one day you're going to spend 300 bucks and one day you're going to spend 230 bucks. I think the important thing is to be in the journey. Uh, equity markets are like that i mean the index on its own over the last uh, 34 years has given uh, has given a 300 it's almost increased about 34 times in, in, in since its inception in 1982 so i think the key thing is for us to be in the market's not to get carried away uh, news channels and newspapers will have their things to report but it's important for you to understand what type of an investor you are i am personally a very long term investor i don't really redeem money Uh, I think the beauty of our Indian stock markets today is that they are very very liquid Indian mutual funds are even more liquid so all my money is largely in mutual funds lots of it in India bulls and uh, I think that's the advice that I would give you So keep things simple focus on your day-to-day work uh, allow your work to do uh, to make, make money through your job or through your business And more importantly, invest it currently well so that your money at some point of time starts becoming your second source of income. And don't worry about it if it moves up and down 5-7%. These are just cocktail conversations. Ultimately, stock market investing is about picking a right portfolio of stocks uh, which will give you decent growth. And I think uh, the Indian macro story is quite powerful. The Indian micro story is getting better. So the combination of the two will ensure that I think investors have a decent return provided they have a maybe a five-year type of horizon from here. Uh, That's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I don't have a PPT. I don't have uh, any jazzy slides or anything to show you. But my experience is that a set of smart investors like you, I think a conversation like this is far, far better for both of us. And uh, I'm really happy to take questions. Again, uh, apologies if I'm not very audible or I'm not clear. Uh, This is my made in Google uh, Hangout uh, Uh, This is the first time I've done something like this, so uh, if there are any glitches or if I made any errors uh, uh, Please pass that through and uh, I look forward to being a part of this uh, in the near future again. Thank you again
0: Thanks Raghav. That was uh, really entertaining. We uh, liked what you had to uh, share whatever information you had to share with us I think most of the uh, Questions which I have uh, are already answered in your talk somewhere along the way because you've you've spoken about it but but there are some questions which we would like to still pose to you and uh, Our audience would like to know the answers. The talk was very good. You were audible all through it. So no worries on that front Thank you. Uh, So I'm sure you've been through multiple uh, market cycles. What are the most common mistakes you've seen with investors?
1: I think investors tend to get carried away uh, by very short-term news. It's like you know, putting a magnifying glass on the newspaper and reading it letter by letter. Uh, when actually stock market investing is all about being patient and holding on to a good portfolio of stocks, which in turn will give you good returns over a long period of time. Uh, as I said, but uh, the last two years, especially I think uh, because of a lot of work that I think people like you have been doing, October was a bit of a watershed month for me. Normally when there is two, $3 billion of selling by FIS, typically Indian investors also tend to panic and also tend to pull out. I saw a completely different uh, type of Indian investor last month and I'm really happy. And that goes to show that people like you are really uh, being able to change the mindset of the Indian investor. So I think the good thing is that uh, we are not a herd mentality anymore. I think the the worst mistake that people do is that I think you know, sort of flow with the herd. And uh, in Bombay, there's a very famous station called the station. It's in the heart of town for people who have been here. It's not a great place to be get in or get out of a train. You just uh, have to stand on the door when the train comes into the platform and you will automatically get pushed out or vice versa, if you're on the platform, you'll get pushed into the train. And in a way, this is what Indian investors used to do till not too long ago. And they would typically be momentum guys and they would keep looking at where the markets are going and if it's a, if it's down they'll also add to it and and vice versa they'll keep climbing up when the markets are going up i think that part of life has changed so in that sense i'm happy that that used to be the biggest common mistake i used to see people making that uh, the second mistake is obviously people get very theme oriented uh, they get they, they tend to get carried away i think uh, in a mutual fund the beauty is that uh, we buy a diverse portfolio of stocks, and that's largely as a risk management measure. We, it's, the, it's the old adage, right, that you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So that's exactly what a mutual fund tends to do. Uh, many times I see retail investors uh, putting large parts of their investable money into two or three stocks. And however good or bad those companies are, uh, let us face it, in some way that's a bit of a gamble. So I don't think this is an all-in uh, kind of a game. I think, uh, yeah, those, uh, those all-in investors uh, to some extent then are treating uh, uh, the equity markets like the uh, the race course, right? Uh, that, has its own, that has its own set of consequences. So if you have a good day, you can get a lot of money, but if you have a bad day, you can terribly lose a lot of it. Uh, so that's fortunately another trait that I'm seeing uh, lesser and lesser. That investors are not now a little more diversified, They're taking far more educated decisions. I think they are uh, far more, uh, you know, well-read today. And I have to thank uh, a gentleman who is not very far away from where I sit right now. But uh, I think Reliance Geo has really done that for us because uh, practically given data away for free. And uh, so, smartphone is now a very powerful instrument because uh, you don't need to really be sitting in Bombay, Nariman Point, or Mandrakurla Complex for you to be a smart investor in fact I find many of my best investments uh, who invest with us I've actually got the timing right uh, are not from uh, not from Bombay Delhi Bangalore they're from very small towns. so obviously information has really helped Uh, more importantly people are acting on that information people are also acting on the 20-year track record of what equities have done for you So they are buying a set of stocks. and More importantly, there is some amount of risk management because they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. They are diversifying. So those are the typical four or five common mistakes that I used to see. But uh, fortunately, I think over the last two years, I'm seeing far less of it.
0: Excellent. And so, I mean, you just mentioned that, you know, there's a change in uh, people's attitude based on whatever, you know, uh, earlier mistakes you've seen. So uh, the, you know, there was a positive uh, flow, you know, with record number of uh, total folios created in October you know so so that that is proof i'm guessing that you know the behavior has changed so you think it's more with education or do you think there's more money in the market or uh, what do you think is uh, causing this in mass for people i think is the a, behavior here to stay
1: i think it's a combination of three things i think one is obviously the the work that people like you are doing is really adding to it because uh, in some way i don't think uh, many 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 i don't see many equity trading platforms really doing uh, 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 uh you know google hangouts call after markets and that in some way adds to the information flow to an investor secondly of course i think people have now realized that uh, like i said you can't just be sitting on traditional investment avenues and hope to beat inflation over a long period of time i think people who have been largely in fixed income instruments especially Traditional instruments like banks and maybe small saving schemes have realized that they need to diversify a little out of that bucket because it, at points of time, inflation does get quite heavy heavy in this country. Lastly, I think there is a move from physical assets to sort of paper assets, right? And I think that's a big one because uh, physical assets are a large part of Indian wealth today, and to some extent, that's unproductive because uh, there is there is a I can't I can't call my wife's gold uh, unproductive because then i possibly will get divorced instantly but but i think buying gold as an investment option is now far far lower than what it used to be maybe not too long ago, maybe seven eight years back the same story applies to real estate and i think people are now buying gold and real estate now for consumption which is a very different thing from what they were doing maybe six seven years back where People used to, at least I know in Bangalore, people used to own three houses and paying like two EMIs a month and two maintenance bills a month and possibly not sleeping very well. Because real estate used to be this asset class that used to give you sort of guaranteed returns, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15% every year. And that Obviously, that bubble has burst in the last three, four years. And that's obviously, I think, a good thing because uh, unnecessary speculation in real estate also tends to. Make uh, housing unaffordable in in some way that I, I see that happening in Bombay already. Fortunately, Bangalore and other parts of the southern market are not too expensive. So I think there's there's a movement of uh, there's obviously far more information, there's far more education. Uh, there's also a movement from traditional assets to newer forms of asset investment like mutual funds, stocks. And lastly, I think this this thing will stay. I don't think uh, I don't see anything that will take it away in a hurry.
0: Uh, excellent excellent thank you so much for those insights so uh what would your ideal uh, asset allocation advice be for example you know we've seen in the past you know uh, generally what happens is a lot of beginners they come they start with these small cap funds those are more volatile than than the other large cap ones but they all start with this and then they alter their uh, you know mindset and they change so so what kind of uh, advice do you have for them
1: Ah, look, you need to plug the PC in. battery. Uh, I'm sorry, am I audible? Because I just got a yeah,
0: yeah, you're absolutely audible. And uh, my
1: PC yeah. gave me a message that I'm running low on battery. But uh, quickly on this mm. one, I think uh, mm. I think asset allocation is a very personal thing, right? Uh, I think we all come with these notions that the older you get, the lesser money you should have in equity, and the younger you are, the more risk you can take, etc., etc. I think that's a whole lot of hogwash. I think your lifestyle in some way determines your asset allocation. I think if uh, I, I would say I met many sixty-five-year-old guys who've got reasonable amount of wealth who are who are fairly invested in equity. Uh, I think a twenty-five-year-old guy who's got a lot of responsibility, uh, maybe an education loan to sort out, maybe managing his parents, maybe getting some siblings married off for education. I think needs to be far more conservative in his investments today. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think you can have a situation today where uh, a one-size-fits-all approach can help. What small cap funds do for you is give you a uh, uh, decent return over a long period of time. right? Uh, and I think there the timing is obviously very important. Unfortunately, most of us look at the last one year, three year returns and then just say, hey, this is the best asset class. And we get in uh, only to realize that possibly this is not. Uh, I mean, and maybe have a maybe subpar investment experience. I think what I have would recommend to people is that. Uh, You know the first mutual fund in this country used to be us64 It started as i the name mentioned in 1964 which is almost uh, 55 years back right and that was a balanced fund that was a 50 50 balance fund and then of course it morphed into a whole lot of other things but largely it was a balance fund and i think uh, today the balance name is not there but it's Mm -hmm. called an equity hybrid fund but Mm -hmm. A first time mutual fund investor, first time equity investor should ideally products like this because there is an element of fixed income which adds or debt investments which are fixed coupon bearing which add a level of stability to the portfolio. And I think as uh, one looks at it and one gets a little more comfort with investing there, I think then they should get into small cap, mid cap, etc. I, I mean, it's it's very similar to a guy who's coming on to uh, the Zeroda platform and then goes straight and buys micro microcaps or futures and options something because he read some newspaper that that's the best thing to do in life or his neighbor made some lakhs of rupees on him, right? I, I think that to some extent is going to Bangalore's course. So I don't think mm-hmm. that experience is very, very profitable. Uh, There are better ways to get a kick in life but rather than losing money. Nobody in India, definitely, I mean, nobody in the world likes to lose money, but that's much, much more so in India. We unfortunately Mm. won't have a great uh, pension system. So we we have to essentially make our own retirement plans today. We are unfortunately not in the US or in Sweden or Norway where uh, after a point of time, your entire expenses get covered. We have to plan for various events in our life and the best way to do it in my opinion is to start with an equity hybrid fund which offers a mixture of equity and debt and then as you get more comfort and as your disposable income grows maybe then you should look at a small cap mid cap fund however if you are really looking at small cap mid cap they are great asset classes and nothing very really negative to say about them but uh, they have their own stresses in terms of liquidity price movements so obviously then you need to Give it a lot of time for you to be able to play out, you know. And uh, I have seen uh, many people don't remember, but in 2000, if I'm not mistaken, 2013, uh, 10-year returns of small-cap funds were negative. Like right? uh, 10-year returns, and uh, mm-hmm. that's a seriously long period of time. Many people also tend to forget; they think that equity is a 10-year asset class. To my mind, it's a it's it's a limitless asset class. If Warren Buffet can hold Coca Cola for 40 plus years and not sell anything out of it, I think that to my mind is the mantra that we should have. People have this view that equity should be held for three years and small cap should be held for five years. I think that's all nonsense. We don't have a time horizon, we don't have a time clock which will tell you exactly after five years this will happen. If that was the case, you and I would not be talking on this call right now. So I think uh, asset allocation is critical. Obviously, I think start conservative, uh, get a feel of the water. I don't think when you drive a car, you go straight to 120 kilometers an hour in the first drive that you do. You do go slowly. Uh, you take the first step, which is your first gear and second gear to some extent, the most difficult years of your life, because that is the one where your car will really jerk and really stop. Uh, but if you're driving at a slow speed, uh, you will get control over the car at some time. And as you keep driving it, you will get confidence in it. and that's the kind of uh, similarity that we have to do
0: with especially with the equity market excellent that's that's some uh, unbiased advice you've given so generally what happens is most advisors or people who are running a fund or you know like an amc or whatever so most advisors are uh, you know they they give in advice to investors based on what would work for the advisor himself Okay, so you're you're giving uh, neutral advice, which is good. So what do you think is uh, a, a, a good advice for somebody like like say I have uh, a younger friend is not I, I'm in the markets. I've been in the markets for a, a very long time. But uh, every time I go and tell them to invest in the markets, I look like I'm peddling something or if I tell them to don't tell them anything. They don't do any good for themselves, because they're just going to waste their money away. So so how do you advise people that they need to look at investing seriously without actually selling your products? Uh, and additionally, uh, what are the right expectations for the new year that we're going ahead for the next year that's coming forward for us?
1: Uh, I think one good thing that the mutual fund industry has done is uh, done this lovely campaign called MF Sahi Hai. Right? Uh, i think that was a very unbiased campaign uh, i don't think any industry has done work like that especially in the financial services i have not seen the banking industry or the insurance industry uh, or even the broking industry really do something pathbreaking like that uh, one fallout of that has obviously been that sips have really done well so sips to my mind are the most uh, easy unbiased advice that you can give for two reasons one is that uh you really don't lose too much money in a SIP, right? Unlike a lump sum investment. So for a first time investor, maybe a SIP strategy will really help. Uh, Currently we would advocate, I would advocate a large cap SIP strategy and an equity hybrid SIP strategy. Uh, And as in when, as I said, we get more comfort and obviously people like you will guide them as to a good time to invest in mid caps and small caps, maybe that could be the time for them to start a SIP in those asset, in those market caps too. Uh, My my return expectations for next year are, uh, see, ultimately, as I said, India is an economy which is growing seven, 8%, and typically our inflation levels are about, uh, now that's debatable, people say four, somebody says six, but let's just for the sake of argument, take a midpoint and say five. Uh, And I think if you have good companies, they tend to beat that uh, adjusted inflation growth by about 2 3%. So I won't be surprised over the next three years if we get 40%, uh, 45%, maybe a 50% return. Now that 50% return can come front ended, uh, which could be an outcome of uh, maybe uh, the market expectations of uh, what happens in the political side get fulfilled uh, or it could get rare ended. So I think uh, the important thing is to keep watching your asset allocation. Uh, I think people like you do a great job in trying to tell people what and, and there are questionnaires around it and it gives you a broad sense as to what you should be doing with uh, with your money whether 50 rupees should be in equity, 50 rupees should be in debt, maybe a part of it can even go into real estate uh, as a consumption item etc uh, etc cetera, et cetera. and that's where that's a very individual thing I can't really make a public statement I think those uh, earlier figures of age minus uh, you know 100 minus your age should be in is or nonsense. Uh, I am personally far more invested in equity than I, than than my age is. Uh, so I have a tolerance for risk which may be much higher than some other people outside who may be watching me at this point of time. But uh, I think the important thing is that I think we are uh, we are in a 50% growth environment from here over the next three years. Now the key thing is whether that 50% will happen in 2019-20 or will it happen in 2021. Uh, because equity will never give you like a bank FD 15, 15, 15 every year. And that's the beauty of equity. So I am not too stressed about the 14, 15% in equity return. At the same time, I think uh, the timing part, uh, I, I would I would not like to hazard a guess. Because I really, I think the three golden words that I've learned in my career are, I don't know. So let me, let me just say I don't know as far as the timing is concerned. I can only tell you that as far as the... Uh, the growth prospects and the uh, the economy prospects look pretty decent from here. Uh, people are very worried about the election outcome and what will happen and what will change. I think uh, and successive governments have shown that uh, the good things of the previous government are eventually carried on. Maybe some minor tinkering, maybe some name changes, maybe some, uh, some rule changes, but largely they are the same. And let's not forget that uh, in 2013-14 uh, was the, the Congress actually introduced the entire Aadhaar mechanism under mm-hmm. Mr. Nilkani and uh, the same Modi government actually flipped it and my sense is the enrollments went up two and a half times in the last five years and a lot of that is now linked to various things so I think uh, broadly I think we are on a very very decent economic trajectory Yeah, we could have some hiccups on the way because of all the things that I've spoken about but largely somebody follows an SDP strategy into a blue chip fund or a a lump sum investment into an equity hybrid fund, or just buys a portfolio of very good, high quality, large cap stocks. I think that is one uh, immediate way of trying to ride out this volatility.
0: Great. Uh, Thanks, Raghav. It was uh, good, very interesting. And I hope our audience also learns a lot from this. Um, And uh, we'll hopefully have you on another session sometime in the future to talk about more uh, investment strategies. Okay. Thanks for your time, and uh, have a nice evening.
1: Thank you for having me, and I look forward to being on this thing again. Right. Thank you very yeah.
0: much. Yeah. Thank Bye-bye.